0: What's up, family? This is your boy, D. Gray, back again doing this diatribe thing that I do. Um, Really haven't done a a podcast on uh, Anchor in a while. I'm standing up my old uh, website, uh, OriginalManConcepts.com. I'm going to start putting out content, man, whether you you guys listen to it or not. I'm starting to get a little sick of putting stuff out, putting out great information, and... uh, People are just kind of breezing over it. It's funny to me how many how many good friends I have on Facebook in certain places where I place some of my audios, audio my audios. <laughs> I'm just I'm tired. I'm speaking slave now, but uh, my audio stuff, my video stuff, and uh, people are getting clicks for for posting their food, or every other day putting their faces up there, you know, taking different picture of their face with filters and it it's funny because I'm, I'm trying to embolden and trying to inspire us as a people to get back on code or to get on code, you know, uh, so that we can make some moves here in the next four years under this new administration. We have a great opportunity uh, starting on the 20th of January until at least 2024 to get these politicians to work for us, but we have to get on code. We have to to start getting our minds around uh, being on the same sheet of music. And for the most part, we think we are all on the same sheet of music, but uh, we as so-called African-Americans, we're we're all over the place, man. We're all over the place ideologically, that 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 damn that damn slave want to come out, boy. He wants to speak. But listen, uh, ideologically, we are all over the place. We got people wanting to be street. We got people that want to be ratchet. We want we want people who want to be scholars. We want people to that want to what be socially conscious. Uh, we got so many movements, and we're trying to fight for our own rights and everyone else's rights. We're, we're just all over the place. Uh, We we are so diverse, and I guess in in this world that's supposed to be a good thing, uh, but sometimes we're so diverse that we're not focused. I think we focus on whatever the Democrats are telling us to be focused on and what our so-called black leaders are telling us to be focused on. And they're just focused on whatever these white politicians, these white Democrats are telling them to be focused on, which is not necessarily... A power-sharing move or a power-building move for for any of us, and we can just look back on the last fifty or sixty years that uh, you know that show that that really shows us that we are not on the same sheet of music and we are not moving forward in a, at a pace that we should, given our our economic uh, power and our influence around this this planet, much less in this country. So, we are very special people. We are the most imitated people on the planet. We are, we are definitely the most talented people on this planet. And uh, you know, our ancestors in this country came from nothing. We were negative. We were so ne- we were negative. We were negative. We were just above cattle, you know, in this country not so long ago. And we've survived it by the grace of the most high. We, we survived it. We are the most powerful, most we are the strongest. And I don't care what you see in any other country in this world, the so-called African-American, we, we are very, very special people. If we were to ever get on code, and code doesn't mean having a leader. Uh, I, I'm just reiterating something that uh, the brother Tariq Nasheed said, which makes sense, and he got his ideologies from some other elders, but... I listen to him mostly because he speaks the language that I understand. Uh, when, we, when we have a code, we don't need leaders. What He said something today in a video where he, he was talking about the white supremacists don't have leaders. The white supremacists on every echelon, they have codes. They live by codes. And that was very powerful for him to say that. And I thought... You know, I'm not sure of how, many, you know, of how many of my friends on Facebook or wherever else uh, I tend to uh, post my ideas. If we, do, if we don't understand that, if we don't, I don't know how many, how many of us really understand that. We can't look to the Al Sharptons and the Benjamin Crumps and the, you know, the Barack Obamas and the Michelles and everyone else, Beyonce's and Jay's, to, to, to find leadership. If we're all on code with the same message that, that actually will formulate ideas that bring, that, that bring us, and I hate to use this word because it's, it's been overused in the conscious community a lot, uh, tangibles, not symbolic wins, not symbolic positions, but tangibles, things that put money in our pockets that if we are on code would, would actually build real power and build real uh, family units and, and real economic uh, power and justice. Understand, when you have economic power, it almost, you almost inherently have a, a, a foot in the, in the justice realm also. You, you see how the, there's a huge disparity between how people without money and people with money the huge disparity between the two and how they're treated by the justice system. But these it's because everyone else is on code. They're on code. They don't give up the power. They're, they're in the nuances of life. They're in the weeds. Whereas we're always, and I don't mean to sound like Bill Cosby trying to chastise us because we are, we do great things. We are very, we're very uh, talented people, but um, whereas we we think more along the lines of flexing, You don't want to flex on people. We want to uh, show off stuff. We want to glitter. We want to, we want to be loud. We want to be seen rather than being in the weeds. And what we need to do is we need to start cultivating uh, our young people to be on code where they find satisfaction being in the weeds, uh, being granular about life. You know, uh, who's going to run this thing if we ever take power, who's going to run these things? So we was talking about that the other day. Who's gonna run this thing? If our children and their, their children aren't wanting to run water plants and understand the, the distribution of goods and, and foods and, and the textile industry and, and the energy sector, if we're not understanding any of this, if we're just running around trying to have a nice home and a car and people looking at us and wearing nice clothes all the time, you know, not to say that that's a whole bad thing because we are very stylish people. But there's got to there's got to come a time when we're not trying to be bougie, and we're trying to be more, you know, uh, what's the word? I'm kinetic in the things that we do. Kinetic and knowledgeable and scholarly and and grimy, which means getting into the the agriculture fields and learning how to, to grow our own foods. You know, these people can turn the water and the food off anytime they want to and we'd be at the mercy of them because how many of us really know that much about keeping food distribution and the water on and the lights on? And so that's what I talk about when I talk, what when, when I'm actually talking about when I'm talking about being on code. So we got four years, man, we can start getting this thing popping for our children, our grandchildren. We need to start turning this new money into old money. We need to start thinking about along those lines. Um, but I say all of that, I say all of that to say that we, as a group of people, need to start getting getting our personal our personal lives in order. We need to start understanding uh, how our relationships with our kids and how our kids are being fed. So much disinformation out here. Um, we I did a, a a podcast or a video the other day about the LGBTQ community, and um, had a c- couple of conversations with some friends. And of course, of course, uh, the word homophobe is bandied about uh, when we start talking about that. And I and I and I understand and I get it because you know we 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 don't want to hate we're we're not about hate, and, and and it's kind of funny that any opposition to the LGBTQ community always turns out to be hate. If you're not cheerleading you know with the pom poms and all this other stuff, the whole the whole community, you know, and everything they do, you're basically a, you know a homophobe, which is not true. You know, I don't have to accept anything or everything about everything about that social movement any more than I have to like the New York Giants. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't have to like everything that uh, you know. My one of my best friends is a New York Giants fan. I can't stand the Giants, you know. But that's I don't have to like everything about the community, you know, to be accepting of the community. Uh, and I and that is to say that I I I have my own belief systems when it comes to that because I. I do believe in the Bible more so than anything else, but again, that's another podcast for another day. But what's starting to happen is, is I'm I'm starting to see a little bit of the feminization of our of our young men in this in this realm, and and I and it's kind of a dis disconcerting thing to watch. Um, I actually alluded to that in the video that I made. If you go on on uh, Original Man Concepts on YouTube and look me up, I did a, a video about the conversation I have with my son, who uh, who is a very very nice young man, and he and he really wants the world to be nice to one another. However, we got into this huge uh, discussion about uh, the LGBTQ community, and you know, of course, I told him how I felt about the the effeminizing of our young black men and women, well, young black men, and maybe some of um, the, the our, some of our females believing that they have to become a little more masculine than they really need to be. Now, again, this is not hate speech. This is, this is just something that it's, it, me growing up in the era that I grew up in, I find extremely alarming because what's, what's starting to happen, in my opinion, is the liberalism in this in this world is starting to erode the lines, trying to blur the lines between structure and chaos. I would, I, I'm just going to say, We're there, where everything is acceptable where everything is acceptable. And I, and I think that that's, that can be a detriment to anything. If we, if people wanna throw out the statement, we should open, keep our minds open. We should keep our minds open to just about everything. We should have a, free our minds up, keep your eyes open, keep your minds open to just every type of idea that there is out there. But I I have an old argument that I've used for years and years, and I'd say, that sounds nice. It sounds really inclusive and nice, and and it really makes you want to just unlock your door and just let strangers walk out through your house because that would be the nice thing to do. You know, I wish that... You know, I had places, I was in a mindset where I would just let people walk in through my house because that's the trust. You know, if they say they need to sit down, come in and just sit on my couch for a little while. I don't know who the hell you are, but come on in. But that opened, that would open me up to some sorts of dangers. You know, he seemed nice when he was standing on the sidewalk, but as soon as I let him in my house, now he's trying to rob me. or do weird things to, to my family. You know, I had, I had the idea I've spoken about. You would never leave your refrigerator open. It's easier to access my refrigerator. Now you know that what's in there, you can go in there and just get it without having to, you know, open it up. To, to be able to just walk past and grab your Capri Sun would be great. A cold, cold Capri Sun sounds delicious. And if I didn't have to open up the front door to get it, you know, then hey, that's even better. But if I left my refrigerator open, something's going to spoil. Something's not going to be right. Something's not going to be held at the right temperature that it should be. Because there are certain that, temperatures that things have to be kept, you know, in the refrigerator to keep them fresh. To keep them edible. You understand? So, we don't keep our... Fr- because there's, there's, there's rules. There's rules we have about our culinary delights that are in our refrigerator that we must keep a door to our refrigerator closed so that we don't spoil the inside of it things that are inside of it so that's it's kind of a broad kind of a a big ham-headed way to to make the correlation between keep your mind and your heart open and in your refrigerator open but it's the easiest way for me to to convey the idea that not it's not always good for us to accept and keep open our minds open to everything I think that a lot of us get warm fuzzies and warm feel feelings about being open and loving to everybody if you know I'm going to puke projectile vomit the next time I hear somebody say that I love everybody I love everybody that's a damn lie, you don't love everybody. You don't love everybody. I think you you put up with most people. But to say you love everybody, is not only farcical, it's a lie. I, I only love uh, like three or four people. I put up with the rest of you mugs. You know, there's people out there that consider themselves my friends. I don't love them. And if they died, I would probably be upset for a little while. It wouldn't keep me from going into the refrigerator and getting a cold Coca cola Capri Sun. You know, I'd, you know, I'd probably have tears in my eyes as I'm sucking the straw, you know, the, the fruit punch. But I probably would be sad for a little while. I don't love everybody. So I'm not open to everybody. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So I'm saying all of that to say, we got to be careful about how how we're treating our kids and how we're teaching our kids to keep their minds open. We can entertain other ideas. But I would challenge every parent out there that have kids between the ages of at least 10 to 25 that we need, we they need to be more discerning about the macro view of things rather than their own little micro uh, facets of life, not just what's in front of them. Macro, but what does it look like for our, our race of people, the so-called African American, to be so homogenized and so open to so many different things where in all actuality, it's, it's really pulling, pulling our men out of a certain place where they should be. And I said this to other people that know me and you can take it however you want to take it. You know, the worst thing that ever happened to us was that phrase, uh, strong black woman. I'm a strong black woman and I don't need no man. And I know that sounds kind of cliche and hackneyed at this point, but it's something that keeps it's just pervasive it's it's always coming up. And I'm looking at posts on Facebook where you see all these strong black women saying all these affirming things. And I'm thinking to myself, that's that's not a good statement for anyone to make. Because the dominant society doesn't make those women don't make statements like that. It's only us that make statements like that. And let's let's take it one step further when we say, strong black woman, and we're pushing this strong black woman ideology you're bringing up young young men who hear that more so than they hear about strong black men they they've even in the last few years come up with a, a term that i i think has been more attributed to black men than anything else since this cosby thing this uh toxic masculinity that's been been put upon black men more than anyone else So you have two, uh, you know, colliding ideas, diametrically opposed ideas anyway, strong black woman, strong, independent, single, strong black woman, and uh, toxic masculinity. Or, you know, you've heard them call football players and basketball a beast. that, 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 That brother's a beast. What's more affirming? So you're teaching some young some young buck as he's coming up, he'd rather be a st- black mama, a strong black woman. He doesn't see any any positive coming out of coming out of a strong black man, other than the fact that maybe, you know, his heroes are sports heroes or you know, ra- you know, musicians and whatnot. And the lion's share of our brothers out there probably didn't grow up around their, their fathers as much as they should have been, you know. Not, don't let, don't get me started because that's not that. That's that's by oh, that's by uh, design. But that's another podcast for another day. But what I'm saying is, we need to be very careful about how open we leave ourselves. And how open we we take phrases and we internalize them, because it could spoil the inside of our community. It could very well uh, uh, leave things in our community to not be at the right on the right code, and and and, and we won't be able to go in there and get and and fix it if if we wait too long. We got to be careful about how we speak about each other and how we treat one another. And we definitely, definitely have to get away from thinking about we're looking for this messiah, these black messiah men leaders or females and start getting on code. And if these leaders that we're electing aren't on the same sheet of music and on the same code structure that we're on then they can't get our votes. They can't. If they can't start seeing us as as a, a, a single ethnic group, American descendants of slaves, if they can't see us as a distinct group like they see the Latinos and they see the Asians and the Italians and all these other ones, they can't see us in that light. And they want to group us in with LGBTQ uh, reform and immigrant reform and and they want to group us into that. Then they don't get our votes. What did Tariq say that one day he said they just want to make us one big nigger. They want to take every dark skinned person. That's not of East Indian descent or something of that nature. And make us one big nigger. And we as American descendants of slaves are not being treated with the same fervency as some of these other ethnic groups or or social uh, justice groups. Being woke isn't walking around with T-shirts on. Being woke is being on code in every way, shape or form. And that means starting to raise our kids in ways where they understand you need to get into the weeds. You need to start understanding mathematics and agriculture and and. And start getting our men in the right frame of mind to not be worried about being a toxic man or a toxic uh, person. If you if you're exhibiting some masculinity, we don't have to accept everything that's effeminate. We don't have to be in a world where we have to where we're expected to be in touch with our feminine side all the time. And we really need to get away from this. Whole mindset of strong black woman, because I think subconsciously it puts there's a there's a there's a division put between us. There's a partition that's put between us when you say that. So that's all I wanted to say tonight before I lay it down. Uh, I love all you man. I, I love my people. I really do. And um, we got to put ourselves. First, before we put ourselves before anything else, uh, we got to get back on code. We got to start getting on code like they were before, you know, we started being inundated with with outsiders. You know, there was a time when it was just, you know, our families were just American descendants of slaves. And then, then all of a sudden, we, they started watering us down with, with a lot of other things and people. And we need to get back to where we were we were on code at one point. So anyway, I'm gonna let you guys go. Look, like wherever platform you, whatever platform you, you listen to this on, hit that thumbs up button and hit the like button and subscribe to it. Help, help a brother out. I, I'm, we're, we're trying to put out these, this information. We're trying to, I'm trying to do this full-time. I'm trying to get this thing popping so I can get out here in these streets and make stuff happen because I'm all about getting out here and putting rubber to the road here, man. Uh, I'm getting of that age where I just want to make stuff happen before I die. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to get dark on y'all, you know, but... There's, there, I've worked for the government for many years and now I want to do something for my people instead of just worrying about what Uncle Sam is doing all the time. So... This is what I'm passionate about. I love putting out this information. And for those of you who show me support and love, I really do appreciate you and love you guys to death. Uh, I could I could get more support from my families and my friends. Uh, they, I'm getting good feedback, but I'm not getting a whole lot of button clicks. And so help, help me out. Let, let, help me get put this information out. Like and share. Thumb it up. And let's let's support our right our black writers and bloggers who, whomever they are, if they're not just taking not just thumbing up and liking and loving all the pictures of their plates or the, the fifth uh, profile change picture change they've done on their on their social media you know uh, start start paying attention to what they're putting out there you know uh, And some of it doesn't need to be touched upon. But if we're bringing out history, we're bringing out lessons, we're trying to get back on code. Those are the ones that you should be sharing and thumbing up and liking. That's what we should be doing. So anyway, I'm going to let y'all go. I love y'all. And we'll talk again later. One.